Hello and welcome to uh, what is season six of Euphoria as we get ready for the 2020 summer split of the LEC. Hope you guys have been enjoying all of the wonderful promotional materials that we've been putting out. Um, we just shitpost for a living. We're just professional shitposters. Um, and the first thing that I want to do, um, you guys, it's obviously it's Spotify, it's SoundCloud, it's iTunes podcast. Terrible intro. It's a terrible intro. I'm rambling. It's been a while. I'm also in horrible tooth pain, and the drugs are slowly wearing off. So you might get a zanier version of Daniel Dracos as the pain comes back. I'm. I'm just saying we should just because you got your wisdom teeth taken out. Yes. We should actually just drop a bunch of pain meds on you, and mm-hmm. then just send you into cast and just see yeah. what happens. Yeah. I think that's bad for my career. No, I think, I think that's, that's a terrible. I, that is a it's a positive. Our next point on the docket, aside from the drug induced um, fever dream cast, is is of course that Frostgarn is back. It's not a fever dream. It's not a fever dream. Frostgarn is back here with me on the Euphoria podcast, and will be back here with me um, for the vast majority of episodes on the split, outside of any kind of special circumstances or otherwise. So thank you, Frost, for returning. Welcome back. You've picked an excellent time. Um, to be here because we have so much to talk about. <laughs> we have interviews lined up today. We're going to be talking to Kabe. We're going to be talking to Karzi. Um, we're going to be talking all about our top teams and why the top teams, you might ask. Well, because while well, MSI was canceled, and I will officially take this as the second year we've won, we were whole second year of holding the MSI title, by the way, because no one else has taken it from us. Our back to back MSI. Back to back MSI victory mm-hmm. um, for Europe. Congratulations, us. Um, Frost, we have four seeds at Worlds. Four. I know, I'm supposed to be really excited. Um, no, we, I mean, it feels like... <laughs> you are supposed to be really excited. <laughs> four. Uh, yeah, it's about time. Uh, LEC and LPL have deserved four seeds at Worlds for a long time. Mm. It's about time that we step Preach. up that competition. So now it's not just Fnatic and G2, uh, Origin tacked on there. We now have another team that will be joining us. And I think that makes the LEC even more exciting because at the beginning of the split, it's always like, uh, you know, what are, what are our storylines? G2, Fnatic, who will actually lift the... It's going to be G2. It's always going to like, I'll just, I'll save you some time right there. Origin, will they get third place or will they rise towards second? Probably going to be in third place. It's fine there. But now we have this really intense race between Mad Lions, Rogue, Misfits, Excel, Shalka, like throw whoever you want into there about who's going to like pop up in this wild card to grab this last spot to uh, hopefully all make it out of group stage for our world championship. Yeah. And hopefully through sheer numbers, we can sac- have various EU teams fall on the sword to get LPL teams away from our from our boys and maybe oh, get an L- that's That's what it is. It's cannon fodder. We need fodder so we can get either the Fnatic or the G2 through one of the LPL teams. Was it 1800 War? They would just do this thing called the Column. I think it was Napoleon invented where they just literally just threw bodies in a line and they just threw them at you. That's our start. We're bringing back the Column specifically for, for Worlds 2020. That means we have to bring Misfits. It has to be Febivin. He has to be the LPL slayer. <laughs> <laughs> just send him in there. It's like, that's fine LPL team. We'll, you'll face G2 next round, but first you have to take down Misfits and their only goal is just to wear them down. It's literally they just, just train specifically for this. We get like really focused, like the LPL team's always sharing info. We like sharing info. We train. We like, Febivin, you only practice against Rumble Mid. Your job to slay Doin B. <laughs> like, if you make it farther, we'll give you a medal. Great. But first priority, take down the B. Cannot see him in those finals. I will already make this statement. If any LPL, if any LEC team who isn't like our first seed that goes to like the world final ends up lifting that cup, 
spoiler alert, that's what's going to happen. Uh, you automatically also get included with the lift of the cup if you take down an LPL team. So yeah. Misfits, if you slay an LPL team at Worlds, but G2 win, you're part of that victory. I 100% agree. And I would love if we could get all of our teams to band together. That should actually be an initiative that our teams take. Band together, scrim together. Don't just go home when you're done. Train with our teams. Let EU be strong. Let EU be united coming into this world. That's what I want to see. But before we can be strong and united and focused on worlds, we have to make it through the split. And the kind of the first immediate piece of news that if you've been living under a rock, you may not know. Uh, Perks and Caps have lane swapped again back means that Perks will be playing AD carry, um, Cass will be playing mid, and if you saw any of the news around the other lane swaps, for now we believe those are fake. We have confirmed, despite tweets coming out about- Mickey's not a top laner. Mickey is not top laning. Uh, Wonder is not playing support. So it's just those two swapping back uh, as far as we can tell. And uh, yeah, so that's, I'm right, I think it's not special because I feel like it's already happened before. If you're expecting crazy differences in G2 performance, um, I don't think we'll see it domestically. Maybe internationally, it'll mean new heights for the team. But I think domestically, they kind of won everything. They kind of 3 0 the finals. So I don't know what new heights you're hoping for, but, you know. Here's the thing. I will say that, and this isn't to say that we're going to see exactly the G2 2019 that will appear in 2020 summer, but I feel like the iteration of Perks and Yankos versus mm -hmm. Caps and Yankos, mm -hmm. the Perks and Yankos was better. True. And while I think that Caps is the better mid laner holistically, mm -hmm. I feel like maybe this is a boosted statement. Perks was better as the mid laner because of his synergy with Yankos and as the bot laner, even yeah. though Caps is, I think, the best European player that they've ever made. And I don't know how that works in terms of like the logic, but it's like if you just hold them back up and you're like, okay, you get to pick one of these players, which one do you pick first? I feel like 99% of the time people would say Caps. Can't really go wrong if you do pick perks there but for this g2 specifically if yankos is your jungler i'm like ah yeah perks yankos they were much better in the 2v2 especially in that early like river skirmish style whereas caps is a bit more i need attention please come gank my lane because i'm gonna kill this guy anyway and if you show up then we can kill everyone if you don't show up maybe i kill well, him or maybe i feed <laughs> really not shining a great light there uh honor <laughs> you make him sound just like such a needy child like guys i have to fight if i don't fight i don't know what to do with myself Dracos, can i have another bowl please <laughs> oh my god <laughs> that's what it is yankos can i have some more cereal <laughs> yankos please? please gank my lane no obviously i still think it's going to be strong i think you're right that synergy between yankos and perks can't be underestimated and i think that while we're always going to look at kind of the brightest stars on a team i think perks's flexibility on this roster cannot be undervalued. And I think G2 probably does not work without him in regards to the position. Cause it just seems like no matter where you put him, he is so stable. He is so reliable. Um, and right. you can't say the same thing from Caps because it's 80 carry while people are going to be like, Wait. wow, it was great at the end of the season. It took a while to get there. <laughs> that was stability is not the word I would well, use for it. So here's the thing. I also think that people are like, Ooh, there's two parts here. Remind me. Cause I'll forget my, Do we, my second. Here, part. Let's get to our last. No, this is what people actually care about. I know, but we have an entire section. No, it's fine. Okay, fine, fine. fine. Okay, we're, we're talking about it. Okay. Give us the TLDR and we'll go in depth a little later. No, because I can really, I can just tilt Reddit immediately. Get him. Okay, so I'm going <laughs> to, here's gonna, how I'm going to tell you. back. Give it to him. I know, right? Um, I was having this thought the other day. So we always think about like the greatest League of Legends player, Faker of all time. Yes, yes Faker. Faker. He changed mm -hmm. how the game was played. He has uh, achievements. No one can match him. No matter where you put him, he, he's just like a god, consistently plays really well. He's obviously not playing as well as he was in the past, but whatever. Like Faker is the GOAT. Faker. But here's the thing. Perks doesn't have the same international achievements, but he has touched the game in a similar way where Perks now has changed 
and G2 have changed how League of Legends is played. Now, you can make an argument that that was started with the LPL and the LEC, like, I don't know, Picasso'd on top of it where they just kind of did their own spin for it. Um, but Perks just doesn't have the same international uh, achievements that Faker does. But Faker also has a long lead on him where Faker's been playing much longer and grabbing all of it. I'm just like, at what point, I always love this discussion because people get so angry and so tilted. At what point, how close do you have to get before the conversation isn't just automatically Faker go and then you have like an Uzi there who never won a world championship and he was theoretically like the closest. I'm like, Perks, if he wins worlds, is he actually closer to Faker than Uzi was? And if you give him the same amount of time to play that Faker had, could Perks overcome Faker? Because he, he did the first thing, which was change how the course of League of Legends is played. Now he just needs to win all the international titles. Clip it. Ship it. Brace for the hate mail. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, our last piece of news, we'll talk more about G2 kind of as we get deeper into the show. And we talk a little bit more about our four seeds for Worlds and who we think is going to make it and who the frontrunners are. But our last piece of news is that Kabi is returning to Europe. Hell yes. And to get more on that, we do have Kabi standing by for an interview. So let's jump into it. All right, now joining us on the show is none other than retur- triumphantly returning to Europe, Misfits Kabe. Kabe, this is really exciting, man. First, how does it feel to be back now playing uh, in the LEC? Um, well, I'm not playing yet, but it feels great to be back in, in LEC, yeah. And just, I mean, I've been screaming for a few weeks now, and I can feel that the level is so much higher and honestly i've just been pretty happy since i got back already out of the gate first question is like the level is so much higher it feels so much better i, lo- I love it because it's it's like you're just stating your opinion but i'm also and i know yeah, you it's don't just, mean it's just true, true it's just true it's not flame it's just the reality of the situation there's a reason we got four seeds at worlds baby the level's just higher here that's what i like to hear Kavi. that's what i like to hear i also like the fact that you're already screaming with misfits you guys must have started screaming really early then I was yeah, talking to so some teams I and they were just like... Checked, um, I actually checked... Where was it? I, I got back like three weeks ago and I was playing solo queue for a bit, like a week or something. And then then we started screaming. But I, I got over the jet lag like in a few days. So there was no issues. I mean, it's fantastic to hear. Um, talk to us. I know that the transition away from NA was, I mean, to put it lightly, not an easy one. But talk to us a little bit about what your, your time in NA, like kind of why maybe the TSM project didn't work out the way that you thought it would and and why Misfits? Why coming back to Europe now after this this time spent in North America? Um, so like after last year, that was like looking at options where I can go and I, I mean, I was talking to Peter Dunn, the Mad Lions coach, and I realized that I wanted something new, right? I didn't, like, I stayed in the same place for four years and I was not really interested in building a new team, trying to improve and do well in the long run. I wanted something else and I wanted to win right now. Um, so I looked and I couldn't really go to any of the top ADC teams. And then I looked to NA and I actually had a lot of good options there. Um, so yeah, with TSM, I just thought I would go over there. I would have easy world spot. I would win, but it was uh, not quite what I expected. Right? Uh, the story has not been so nice after that. So it was a uh, it was about like chasing championships with this and and going to worlds. Um, I know that there's been like a, a lot of headlines, and we don't want to like force you to talk about. Uh, something that you don't want to, but can you kind of give us the the overview of you know 
what was it like being in NA now coming back to Europe? Because it, it feels like we're getting the same story each time from all mm. these European players that go to NA, they come back and they're just like, uh, solo queue sucked, uh, scrim culture sucked. Uh, they either hated the food or they were like, it was fine. And then they just can't wait to get back to Europe. Uh, so, actually I had a thought, but um, I mean, I think it's just like, it's a huge risk and I knew that. And honestly, it was just not what I expected, right? Um, like life there, the food, the weather, all these things are of course fine, but um, I'm sitting inside most of the day, so it doesn't really matter too much to me. Um, I think our team didn't really click well. Uh, we were not, we never really got to be that great as a team. And yeah, the, the whole culture around how much people are playing, how willing they are to improve, how badly they want it, solo queue all of these things are just really terrible like honestly and i know people say this about solo queue i was like it's fine it cannot be that bad but when i got over there it was um yeah not not really sure what to say it was not what i expected <laughs> that's that's really brutal to hear um and i like for me it's crazy you are you talked about it you played in the same team for four years and you guys when i looked at at Splice, eventually Mad Lions, right? When it was the Danish roster, I thought you guys were like Band of Brothers because you guys hung out all the time. You were playing in the era where everyone lived and crammed into one house. And even as the roster developed, it still seemed like you guys were pretty close. Is this the first time that you had been on a roster where everyone wasn't like close and friendly with each other, where it was just work, you show up, you play your games, you go your separate ways and you go home? I would say the the first roster I was on 2016 17 splice was really special and i haven't had that since uh, in any other team and i think that was just from living in a gaming house for two years you spend the entire day together and in my next teams obviously we were really good friends right um especially Sirxe, who i played with for the past two years is like one of my best friends in esports right um but yeah i would say this was just even worse like this was just uh the worst yeah that's there's no other way to put it we were i was not close to anyone at all at least so moving back into misfits like how's the integration now with that roster um i'm assuming that are you guys in a are you guys in a facility are you in a gaming house together i don't know what uh, misfits setup is i've seen some pictures of the facility but i don't know if it's ready yet uh yeah we do have a nice office that we're screaming from and spending most of the day for solo queue duo queue and then we have a uh, player apartments i think it's called where we just live um like us five players and honestly it's it's working pretty well i think i'm enjoying it a lot are you uh i don't know if this is a, a leak is it is it dos or is it denik who are you scrimming mostly with as your duo partner um <laughs> you can bleep I mean, twice I think it's already announced now <laughs> I, I think misfits announced the Oh, let me just... Yeah, you're checking because I'm like, I'm like, hey, did they announce? Is this a redundant question? But everyone here is afraid of like unintentionally like. Uh. When you ask a question that you know the answer with, but you're wondering who has accountability of who knows if the question is live. Out, outside of, yeah, um, I'm just making sure. It's all good. We can we can come. I back mean, to it says um, Dust joins our LEC summer split squad alongside Denik, so I guess it doesn't tell everything. Um, so is this a we'll wait yeah, and see people, for week one? I mean, sure, but we can leave it at that. I'm just trying to save you. Because the thing, the other thing is, just like with, you know, Becca Henry being the wife of Trevor Henry, my functional boss here, 
I get much more personal messages if I unintentionally leak misfit stuff. She's flying into your DMs like, right now. Yeah, well, when you know the person personally who's going to get mad at you, she feels a lot, I feel like she'd feel a lot more comfortable uh, flaming me. But, um, Kabe, looking at the team, kind of, once again, it's good to have you back, but looking at Misfit's achievements last year, obviously everything started super, or last split, rather, everything started super well. It felt like things were going pretty solid. But definitely the second half has started to fall off a cliff. And while you got to playoffs in the end, things looked okay. How do you come in and, like, shape this roster up? Like, what changes now that you're a part of this Misfits lineup? So I heard that, I mean, obviously they played with B-Boy, who didn't really speak that well English. And that's, like, a big difference as well um, already that I can at least bring a lot of communication and they know what I want to do in the game. And then... I mean, we, it's still a work in progress, right? Um, there's a lot of things we need to fix and like work on so far, even if they already played for one split. But I think I can bring a lot more stability. Like I, I think in spring they had a lot of. Um, I mean, I haven't watched every game, right? But a lot of flippy games, I guess. Uh, either they would win really hard or lose really hard, mm -hmm. and I think I, I can just provide a lot of experience. I will always do well almost always and yeah the communication part as well does it does it feel a bit like a reset because if you go to if you're on splice and you've been with that roster forever you go to worlds and then you're like i can't get to a top three lec team because they've got 80 carries they're not looking for that position so you go to chase championships in north america sign with one of the most like premier north american orgs and then now you come back and you're on misfits and you are technically still kind of rebuilding a roster yeah you have febby sitting in the mid lane but otherwise it's a lot of young players do you, do you feel like in terms of just kind of the trajectory of your career, that this was a backstep? Or are you just like, no, with me, with this roster, we can grab that fourth world spot? Um, yeah, actually, I don't feel like that at all. Like it's a setback or something. I'm rather just happy that I'm in this position now, considering where I was a few months ago. And it's it made me realize how, like, what I like and why what makes me have fun and what makes me motivated to win. And it reminds me of like being in Splice and it's like a fresh start now. We, we're not the best team at the moment, but we're working towards something great. And, and yeah, I always think I can, I can work together with my team and we can eventually be, be one of the best. So just the, the process of that is really the nice thing. And if you're going to enjoy it, having fun with your teammates in the same time, that's just even better, right? Uh, yeah. Honestly, it's fantastic to hear the turnaround, right? Because it was kind of quiet, I think, as a European fan, like checking in on Kabe. Like, we look over the team struggling, but we don't really hear a lot about that, right? And then to hear that it was so difficult for you is like, is really tough. But then in the same conversation, to hear that a lot of this has already been resolved, that you're on a new team, that things are looking up, and that you've got this confidence and you've got this, this fresh start that, uh, that you talk about is, is huge. It's really big. Um, to round this discussion out, it's kind of a final question. Talk to us a little bit about start of the split ambition. Obviously, the end goal is always going to be, you know, worlds climbing as high as you can in playoffs. But are you are you going to be the team that hits the ground running? How are you feeling about start a split for for you in this new lineup? Well, obviously, I want to do well, but I think we have like uh, three games this weekend, and we're playing against Fnatic, Rogue, Origin, so it's not really the easiest start, right? Um, so honestly, like I'm, um, I don't really have a, a clear statement of yeah, we're gonna 
we're gonna go three zero and smash them, or we're gonna go zero three. I think it's it's gonna be mixed for us. I don't think you should expect either of those things. But, um, yeah, I'm I'm not sure. I'm not sure myself, honestly. Our our practice has been like a bit mixed so far. Hmm. I think it's fair. I think it's always going to take a little bit of time, especially on a fresh season, to figure out what is good in a patch, how a team wants to play together. But I'm glad that the optimism, that the positivity is there. Um, I think you're a big upgrade for this roster, honestly. I Frost, I think you'd, you'd probably agree there. And this is going to be really cool to see how well you do, especially with bot lane being so, so stacked uh, in the LEC right now. But thank you so much, Kabi, for taking the time to uh, come onto the podcast and talk to us. Good luck uh, on your first weeks of games. Maybe Laura will check in with you at some point during the weekend to see exactly how well it's going. If it instantly collapses when you set foot on stage, I don't think so. I think it's going to be a solid <laughs> start for Misfits. But yeah, thanks again, Kabi, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you later. Thank you, Kabi. All right, really good to hear from Kabi. Um, Is it? Ended on a positive note, but... I'm still, while I'm, I said, I like just repeatedly, and I'll just keep saying, I'm really happy that he's back. I'm really happy that he's happy. It makes me really sad to like continuously, as you said, hear the same story over and over again about EU players going to NA and just being really sad. Not like the quality of play. That's all, it's whatever. And that's like, I don't really care, but like just not having a good time, not enjoying life the way that I thought that they would, that they thought that they would. So I've heard like probably the best uh, other side of this discussion, because I think it is always a nuanced discussion, was Jacob Wolf on ESPN. He was talking about how in traditional sports, you know, this kind of thing happens where your contract is owned by an org and then basically is thrown up and in, in a sense of like, that's business. Mm. And while I think that there is some merit or truth to that, the issue is, is that in esports, at least from what my eyes have seen across the field and what I have dealt with, it's still such a young uh, industry that like that's business on like a traditional sports level and that's business on an esports level there's a really big gap in terms of professionalism or whatever that word is going to mean yeah like and, well, and, and that's business in sports comes from at least some years of experience and People like can come in, yeah and different like, you get an agent like pretty quickly when you start working right and like obviously people are still going to get screwed over but there's at least a track record in the history that you can look back on or that you can research because esports is paving new albeit similar ground like we can people be like yeah that's business it's like yeah but that no it wasn't business like we didn't have gaming houses like we had gaming houses until two years ago. we didn't have apartments now we're getting agents now we're getting all these things like that's business isn't really cutting it when there's so many um of these young guys kind of eh, i'm gonna say being taken advantage oh, of. oh absolutely being taken advantage of and the thing is is like um how, what is the most non-offensive way to say this mm. i know right that's uh, <laughs> play the jeopardy music we're gonna need a minute here how do we put this one together how do we make a statement that says absolutely nothing yet everything we let needed me to contact every single let me contact every team's brand <laughs> we've got a lot of experience on saying nothing in times of it pressure it hurts at, at some point it has to hurt the organizations mm. because kabe's story is not unique it is just the latest and a very long trend and some of them are worse than others but we're not playing like the oppression olympics here for who got treated worse by organizations but the fact of the matter is is at, at some point players and it's it's it sucks because you shouldn't ever have to put the onus on like the victims here you know like a player should know better and stop signing with these orgs mm. but at some point an org is going to get such a bad reputation that players aren't going to want to sign if there's just like a revolving door of people who are just getting kicked out and we don't know like all the details so i'm not just going to go hard into tsm right now but again i've heard from all these orgs i'm just like you can't just keep treating these young 
vulnerable individuals like shit. And yeah, when they sign the contract, you do get to muscle around here. But at the end of the day, like they're still human beings and it's still in your best interest to treat them like human beings and to make sure that everyone is taken care of and left on good business. So they will turn around that they will speak nicely of your org and then you get good players and then we all get to be happy. If we're all happy, we all grow together. We all make more money. And that's what you care about. Yeah. As a final note, if you're a player and you're getting started in the scene and you're uncertain and you're really excited and there's an org talking to you and they're telling you all the things that they can do for you. Get it in writing. Get it in writing. Because the thing is, they it's all like, lie. I, I'm not going to be that pessimistic. <laughs> they all lie. <laughs> okay, there's that one. They all lie. They're all bad. No, um, what I'll say is, is like, look, ultimately, business is business. And at the end of the day, people need to make money. And and often the whole thing is is making money, right? So if you don't get it in writing, when push comes to shove, when cuts have to be made, the, the extra things that you're promised do not matter unless they're in writing. So not that you should not trust orgs, not that you should not try your heart out, not that you should come into these things super pessimistic, but if the org really wants to give it to you, they'll give it to you in writing. And, uh, you know, do your best to take care of yourself. And orgs, just be honest about what you can and cannot provide for a player. Don't over, don't over commit. If you can't do it, you can't do it. Like, because someday it will bite us. Like when the scene is so established and the talent pool is so developed, when going to a team isn't about the extra, you know, 50K in venture capital and it's about, you know, who's actually going to take care of you, who's actually going to do things right, then this this kind of stuff really is going to bite people. What shocks me, though, is that we're still at a stage in this industry where breaking point, what was that, the Team Liquid document? Did you ever watch that? No, I never did. Well, okay, you have to go watch it. And then as you're watching it, just think to yourself, a brand released this thinking that it would do their brand good but they still survived it and that's what's so mind-boggling to me i'm like if i was a sponsor and i saw that i'd be like why would i sponsor this brand at all this looks like a complete shit show right now but somehow we're still here and it was great entertainment so to be fair as we've learned from (laughs) our eu promos uh, no offense to the wonderful performance makers shit shows are very entertaining (laughs) you know what i mean Man playing keyboard, Vettius eating corn dog thing. It's comparable. Different it was a corn dog. It was a corn dog. That was, was actually the joke. It was, a, it was a corn dog. Yeah, it was great. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not realize he was so expressive behind me. It would have been a lot harder to get those takes. Anyway, I'll, I'll bring us back to the conversation at hand. I think that's super interesting, but obviously you can only go so far into that one uh, without all the information. I've already like landed on like six landmines. It's fine. That's why you're here. I'm actually just here to hit all you. of them. You're my minesweeper. <laughs> You know, just run through the field, just seeing what we can hit to kick up some hate threads. Farm it, farm it. Anyway, uh, we're here today to talk about the top four seeds of the world. How we're going to look at this is the likely, or well, not the likely, pretty much the sure things. I've got four buckets. Give give us the buckets. Okay, I've got three buckets. I lied. It's three, but yeah, I was going to say, four. I got excited because there was four seats. You could see how the math wasn't panning out. Okay, in the first bucket, we have our sure bets. Mm -hmm. In the second bucket, we have our, I labeled them contenders, but we can have a a more fun name. And then in our uh, third bucket, I named the wild cards, which is basically what we just call the shitters. That's the coded language on every broadcast. Yeah, the wild card. What's he going to do next? You never know. He's a wild card. You you can never predict what's going to happen here. And I, I think to be fair to the lower teams, like you could, it's it's pre-week one, so you obviously have time to move out of the wild card tier, right? You've got time. You, if you're there right now, it's because last split was bad and you deserve to be there, but never fear. You have room to move out of the wild card tier. Um, let's, so let's start with like, let's start with the sure things, because I think people, that's what people are always going to be most excited about. Who do we think for sure is going to make worlds? And why don't we start with number one, the shonen anime protagonist that we wait for. The question is not... 
will they win? The question is, how will they win? And that is G2 Esports. Uh, maybe makes some things a bit anticlimactic, but after last split where I genuinely believed with all of my heart that this was the time that Fnatic could do it, and G2 3-0'd them so freely. Fnatic fans, just vain, just, oh. I can't know what to tell you, Fnatic fans. I really believed. I they really, can't say anything. They got 3 0 They got 3 0 I mean, remember last summer we got double best. Maybe we can hope that the summer is just going to be better, more time, but... Yeah, for now, G2's getting a seed. I think first seed's guaranteed. Maybe you can debate that, but G2's getting a seed. Here's my actual uh, analysis. Um, I was talking to Vettius and Ender about this, and as the game times seem to be elongating, although there are a lot of different um, iterations of compositions that I've seen from watching the MCS, the midseason cup between LCK and LPL, as watching the start of the LPL, um, it seems viable right now, and I've seen in both competitive, to run like scaling compositions mm -hmm. or to run mid-game powers by comps where it's like one, two item or bust. Um, but if we do run into a scaling comp, I'm like, that just makes G2 stronger. And the reason why is over the course of the LEC and like really the big difference maker between Fnatic and G2, even before the draft, like forget the draft was how well G2 slow down team fights. The longer a team fight goes for, the higher the likelihood that G2 are going to win it, regardless of their composition. It was amazing. And then you go and check Twitter and everyone's just losing their mind. Like, how do G2 do this? This is not fair. This should be illegal. And it's just amazing to watch. Fnatic were exceptionally good at playing kind of like that wombo combo, catch, snatch, find you, rip you apart league. Like, if you think about their comps, they have like the things like the Zac, like the Fnatic, they set up, they see you setting up, and they find you in your instant weakness, and they pounce on you, and they rip you apart. And so they looked really good at team fighting because they would kill you a lot in team fights, but it would almost happen instantaneously. Fnatic, Whipple or Hilly catch you, they smack you like a semi-truck, and then you're dead. When they face G2, who didn't fall for that, and then it became elongated team fights, Fnatic just got worked, just got slammed. It was brutal. Yeah, and the other thing that I noticed too is that like, I think Nemesis Vigar is a solid pick. And they had these, they had these I love the Vigar that they pick. built with like Whippo GP Nemesis Vigar where you had to fight into them and you lost because you cannot push into a Vigar GP. And yet when I watched, I think Perks on Azir, if I'm remembering the games correctly, dance around this Vigar cage, play around these cooldowns, it became very clear that like they had, they knew what Fnatic were doing. They had complete and utter respect for it and they just refused to play into Fnatic's hand. And, the, and that's not an easy thing to do to really play league on your terms, to force the enemy team to do that. So, yeah, I think G2 are the clear favorites. Now, the good news is, if you're Fnatic fans, that the number two on our definitely going to world slot is Fnatic. Um, and I think that's pretty self-explanatory, because the only team that really we can have this discussion about where we think that they're strong enough that we have to get into the nuances of G2's strengths right now is is Fnatic. And don't get me wrong, Fnatic fans. Like, Fnatic can still play sustained team fights. They have Reckless after all. Yeah. But the team needs time and synergy to build up where they can go back to if in an emergency, play around Reckless at the highest level possible, which Fnatic because they have a brand new mid laner. They have a brand new jungler. Whippo is taking on different responsibilities. Like, Hilly's getting back into... Like, you know, everything is changing around this team. I will give them the benefit of the doubt, especially with new coach Mithy, that Fnatic will get back into form and will put that in their arsenal at the highest level. And it's still there at like a baseline. Like if a mid-tier LEC team tries to slow down a fight and play against Fnatic, guess what? They're probably going to get rolled yeah. because it's still reckless Con and it's still Fnatic. Context is always important because remember, this is a discussion of G2 versus Fnatic. This is not Fnatic versus anyone else. Fnatic versus anyone else, their team fighting is fantastic, right? It's just that when you're playing or an a team... team. Yeah, or an LPL team. We don't talk about them anymore. Ooh. We're talking about who's getting the world, not who's going to get bodied Ooh. at world. Calm down. It's fine. 
Anyway, so yeah, Fnatic, I think, still clear top two. That's it for me. Is there anyone else in this bucket okay, for you? Okay, Inge, my sure bets, I put Origin. Sure bet. Okay, yeah, so here's the thing. Um, I know that we... We had Karzy on. Karzy's yeah. lovely. And I know that he's there's... Coming up, he's coming up later, but we, spoiler alert, we, pre, we pre-recorded Spoiler that. alert, it's, we've been time traveling. <laughs> cinema magic. I've broken the... the... You've broken the... Con- they don't believe... You've ruined everything. Suspension of disbelief. <laughs> yeah, guys, uh, spoiler alert, we front load our interview so our players aren't waiting, us f- uh, waiting around for us to continue our discussion our about top about four. Daniel Dracos's <laughs> wisdom teeth painkiller pipe dreams or whatever we started the show We prioritize with. their schedule. Origin. Why I put Origin in the sure bet? I believe that if Origin got that best of five against Mad Lions, they would have been the third best team. And the thing is, is that because their games, like they got G2'd literally, when Mad Lions beat G2 in that upset, Origin were the team that got screwed the hardest. Mm. They're like, are you are you kidding me right now? We were supposed to be third place and we have to face Fnatic and then we have to face G2. And they did well in both those series. They were this close to taking Fnatic to game five, but because it was so early in playoffs, everyone forgets that. And everyone just looks at the Mad Lions victory over G2 and like, Mad Lions, third best team. And again, there's nuance to this. That's not me then saying that Mad Lions are shitters. They're not shitters. But I do believe that Origin, if they got their hands on them in the best of five to decide it, would have won, that they truly are the third best team in the LEC, and that I believe they're a sure bet for taking that third seed. Okay, I think that's fair. I think the thing is, is it's really easy. Alfari versus Arome. No, yeah, yeah, you're good. You don't... <laughs> stop. Don't do it. Don't do it to him. It's... We just had Karzy on the show. He was a nice guy. We don't just need to don't, <laughs> don't nice just need guy. to take him down a notch. He like killed this. every support. How about Destiny Midlander? versus Kaiser? Were you going to list to that one? Upset. For- <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, here's, here's the thing: is Upset I think versus Baron Ramp. OG OG just aren't a sexy team, right? When we met it, they're all very handsome men. I don't mean to say it that way. It's it's just that they're not. The way that they play is the way that they play, and it hasn't been. I actually had this conversation with Deficio. Like, I'm sorry, Martin, I'm going to reveal our conversation. Oh, no. Martin called me on his free time. We chat sometimes. It's nice. It's fine. Fr- ah. No, uh, weird flex, but, but okay. Weird flex. We'll, we'll take it. We'll I take have it. to continue on. your story. Vidius will listen to this and be like, he didn't call me. And I'll be like, that's right. You Bro, have nothing important to we're say. We're all so needy. <laughs> we all desperately need no, Deficio's I, approval. Uh, uh, I, was, I was like, Deficio, because he's, you know, he's like, yeah guys, come on, you know, how do we work with the broadcast? Fans are really, you know, tearing us down. We did well in playoffs. I can understand from an origin perspective, it probably feels bad when you get off of playoffs, you had to go against Fnatic G2, you gave it your all, and the fans are like, eh, origin, fourth <laughs> classic team, origin, classic origin. To the top two. And they changed up their play style. They did play much more proactive and much mm-hmm. more aggressive. Zersay was trying to gank level two, I think, at, on a trundle. So like there was a change up from origin. But the thing is, is that they need to fix their branding. I told Deficio, and if he does it in summer, you know where it came from. You heard it here first. Oh I was like, God. Deficio. I'm taking all the credit. I'm taking all the credit. <laughs> I told him this. I was like, you just need to come onto the broadcast, sit down with, I don't know, Ender. He seems like the easy target. <laughs> Sorry, Ender. <laughs> You've been buttering him up and putting Andre in there. You're baiting him into a false sense of security, and then Deficio <laughs> just comes in and just, and it's ah! No, and you just have to be like, yeah, we're slow. We'll beat you at 35 minutes, but you know what we're going to do every single time. And guess what? You still can't beat us. We're that good. So who cares? Yeah, I'll sleep my way to victory. I'll sleep my way to worlds. Wake up. I'm still going to beat you. And you know exactly what I'm going to do each time. Bad boy image. Maybe without the I think you get a pass, but probably Martin Martin does not. He probably got bleeped on the podcast. 
we're gonna see our producer's got his hands up like he's like how do i bleep like, how do i bleep this all it's gonna be like well frost back to you blah, 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 i'm actually just landing a plane <laughs> all right anyway um this is what I'll say. Is I think, yeah, I think it's easy to let Origins play style stand in the way of giving them the credit that they deserve. And I think that's, to be honest, a bias of mine And that, like, I don't love that play style. But I don't want to hold it against OG. So I'll take a step back and I'll say, OG are the most likely past Fnatic and G2 to get one of these seeds. And I will try. I'm going to approach OG with a more open mind this split and just judge them. It doesn't matter. If they can be Fnatic and G2, great, that's progress. If not, as long as they're beating all the bottom teams consistently, I feel like they're making good on that promise of controlled League of Legends. I do have to quickly give my analysis of why Origin would beat Mad Lions, because that will also come up in this uh, sure. hate thread, so very quickly. Xerse is an amazing jungler at yep. downloading his opponent and controlling the, like, neutralizing enemy junglers. Shadow is so pivotal to Mad Lions' success. If he's not involved with anything, nothing happens for him. Now, his pathing can be quite creative, where, like, Shadow almost brute forces pathing, but if any jungler is going to undo him, I would say that it could be Xersei. Whereas like, yeah, Shadow popped off on Yankos. People are like, Yankos is better than Xersei. So Shadow could definitely pop off on Xersei. That's definitely a possibility. But Yankos also plays a very different style of like, you want to play with me? Let's play. Whereas Xersei's like, nah, I'm just going to hold you over here. Stylistically, I think it's a really good matchup for Xersei mm. to then shut down one of the strongest points for Mad Lions. Upset and Destiny, they play Aphelios, Nautilus every single time. During the regular split, Mad Lions Origin went 1-1. The one game that Mad Lions won, they popped off on the Syndra. They gave the Aphelios and the Nautilus and like, here, you can have it. We will show you what will happen. They pulled out the Syndra. Karzi went massive. I think Origin would probably see that coming. Probably wouldn't fall for that same mistake twice. So I don't expect that to be the same win condition. And then across the board in other uh, playstyles, Nukeduck, I think, is better than Humanoid. More flexible. Has bigger champion pool. And Alfari is better than Arome. So I would give it to the solo lanes. See you at 35 minutes. Bye, guys. Easy. Thank you for the for the quick summary. Um, we'll see if they actually listen to that part or if they flame you before they get here and then have to delete their comment it's two fine. minutes later. Um, we'll see. <laughs> the social media is a, is a fickle, fickle mistress. Um, Schalke Nolfear is next up. And I bring up Schalke Nolfear because I think, are they... Are well, I didn't say who was in my contenders bucket. You're going to put them, you're going to list them all? Yeah. Because right, they're in my contenders bucket. They're in my contenders bucket. Okay, okay no, no. You... Okay, so Please, here's, here's my ahead. contenders bucket. I'll list my bucket and you tell me if... So... Feel bad. I'm gonna take. I'm taking it all of a sudden. Misfits, mm-hmm. Mad Lions, okay, Rogue, mm-hmm. and Nolfear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's it. That's my contender. We should put you on the analyst desk, Dracos. Deal. Sunday, me, you, analyst desk. It's a date. We'll, we'll make it happen. It's gonna be great content. Um, you agree? Does uh, that? Did I miss anything? Yeah, I. But the discussion that we were having is um, Shalka. I put them in italics because I feel like. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the audience is like right there with us. We're like, yeah, Schalke, they definitely belong there. They're definitely a good team. Whereas I almost feel like the audience might think that, what? Schalke? They're terrible. They're not terrible. They are a good team. I think that they're probably, to me, Schalke are like, you have rogue misfits after you're like mad lines. You're like mad lines, misfits, rogue. And then I'm like, boom, get my Schalke right in there. To which then the Excel fans are like, what Excel? But we try so hard (laughs) and we're British. Is that your British accent? <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, why not? We gotta workshop that. <laughs> well, it's not as good as my pirate, some would say. Um, oh, I decided. I've got the game plan. Next time we do a pirate cast, I'm not gonna try to be the pirate. I'm gonna be the parrot. That's the play-by-play's job, though. I'm just supposed to say whatever you say back, but dumber. <laughs> how, how, I'm gonna have my to learn how to say things. Has pra- prepared me for this. <laughs> oh God. Anyway, pirate cast aside, yeah, I'm excited about Shalka. Uh, after the whole forgiven incident which was obviously just an absolute shit fest um total new word of the day new word of the day um 
worst start, I think, from it. They were not a team. They were not playing games. They got better really fast once they started making swaps. I was really excited about NX in the bottom lane. Um, from I talked to Oda Wamne a little bit about top lane meta before this and kind of just also asked him a little bit about Shulk, and he's feeling pretty good. Maybe we don't see the hit, this team hit the ground running, but, like, they were getting better. They were looking really good once they started playing together. Um, so, yeah, I would I put them in that block. I'm excited. I think that they will have an upward trajectory. How high do they go is a very good question, but they definitely are on the list for me. I just think an issue is is that depending on what the meta is for LEC, if there's more agency given to the top laner, like if it's a bunch of Wukongs and Renektons and they're hard-carrying games, then like Shaka's chances obviously go up because Odawame is like the most consistent player on that, on that roster, had a great uh, spring, would carry over into summer. But if it is a bot lane centric where it's the varuses the Aphelioses, the syndras getting flexed around then obviously like unfortunately for shalka they just haven't had the same time that the other rosters have for the competing four spots to mm-hmm. i think really make a dent or make a run for it if they're not being able to rely on odawamne's strength yeah they've also just had the least time with this bot lane right they came in halfway through a season sometimes the players were doing double time across multiple leagues like it was it was a difficult difficult split for shalka no doubt so we'll see how it works out because um, if you actually look at the rosters that we have above them or kind of like in the same bucket with them that i would put over shalka it's mad lions misfits and rogue and rogue and mad lions kept the exact same roster uh and then misfits obviously making the adjustment to kabe but like you could say that that's such an immediate upgrade mm. with the uh, experience. So like Shalka, I'm like, you know, that's me praising Shalka a lot to even put them in the contender's bucket and recognizing the strength that we saw last split. But unfortunately now it's just like a time issue. Like time yeah. is not on their side. Yeah, I agree. It's super difficult. Um, as we kind of get through, we're going to have to start speed running these guys because um, spoiler alert, our interviews went a little bit longer than intended. Also, we keep going off topic, which... Frankly, I love. I've mi- I've missed this. It's a podcast. It's a podcast. What we do, but we also that we're gonna fit in our box so it's digestible for the for the kids out there and your low attention spans. Um, Goddamn kids and TikToks. <laughs> Good old. You feel so old when you complain about social media. I feel ancient. We're getting closer to thirty every day. I watched a TikTok for the first time, um, like last week, and I understand it now. It. You, you lose yourself in a loop or you just like, you started watching one TikTok and they're only like 15 seconds. So theoretically, it's just like bite size. But then three hours pass and you're like, but what happened to the dog? Did yeah. he take the bath or? Yeah, it's the YouTube, the YouTube spiral, but like way faster and you go way deeper. The name makes so much sense. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, we're focusing up. All right, we're going to speed run a few of these. So guys, we're going to kind of, uh, let's just do our light Misfits Mad Lions hit because we talked to Kabe. We talked to Karzy. You guys are going to hear from him in a little bit here. So why don't we just give our quick hits on both these teams. We both think that they're contenders. Mad Lions is very clearly justified. You saw them last split. Is there any reason to not think that they're just going to continue getting better? Um. Again, my only concern for Mad Lions is just how they match up. Because they are in the big boy table, now mm-hmm. you know you move the who they're being compared to, the context around them, which are like the Origins, the Rogues, the G2s, and the Fanatics. And unfortunately, um, I think them playing top side of the map is still a struggle. You still don't have the same consistency that you want out of your mid laner with Humanoid. I think he's like very champion dependent. When he's on his champions, that boy is popping off. You can see how good he is. Um, But he just doesn't have the same depth that uh, the top tier mid laners have in their solo laners. And then Orome had like someone had to draw the short end of the stick on that roster to make the team work and arome like put his hand up is like i'll i will be on tank duty if we're going to be a team about kaiser and karzi which 
Geyser and Garcia are the heroes of that team, um, then, you know, I'm going to have to be the role player and he doesn't get to play his ERL carry style that his team likes to talk about. But unfortunately, that doesn't allow Orome to shine. And he's not as strong as a tank player as, you know, the the whippos and the wonders of the world. He doesn't have the same impact that they do. And unfortunately, now he's being compared in that context when you are in the discussion of third, fourth best mm-hmm. team in the LEC. And so Mad Lions are a great team. Super excited to see them. There's so much potential and growth there because we don't even know what their ceiling yeah. will look like. But day one, those are the like the easy weaknesses. If I'm preparing for Mad Lions, I'm like, okay, um, Pick a bot lane that just won't get steamrolled by Kaiser and Karzi. Control Kaiser. Make sure he doesn't get to roam around with Shadow. And um, blast top lane. There you go. And then, yeah, and obviously the game has not changed significantly uh, in the midseason. There have not been any crazy huge patches from what we hear and what we've seen. The meta has differences, but it's not significantly different. So I think most of the same things are going to work. Um, this is well. is here. Twisted fate. Oh, God. I hate it so much. Um Misfits is kind of a question mark for me, but I feel like they definitely have to be in the contenders. They obviously started really strong. They ended pretty weak, but they've purely got an upgrade in terms of both communication and I think what will hopefully be leadership for this team. I like adding another veteran voice to this lineup, Fevin and now Kabe as well. So I think pretty obvious why they're there. Um, And you can hear Kabe very optimistic about this, but just going to speed over them and talk a little bit about Rogue. Rogue is the, the, I think, yeah, the last team here for us in the contenders bucket. Um, And that is... For me, it's Rogue are another team where I don't know what to expect because I, they were last year's Mad Lions, right? Where we're like, damn, the sky is the limit. Where are these boys going to go? And then it was like, nowhere. They're going to get slightly worse. Mate, and it's going to turn out a lot of the things we thought they were good at, they're no longer good it's at. It's a quirky Azir meta. Oh, that's true. Our this boy is Larson's time to shine. He's going to be just styling on everyone. Quirky Azir, Syndra, Twisted Fate. I bet he plays it all. That's actually true. How much do you actually, does that like put Rogue up significantly in your eyes? Um, To, to be frank, like if I'm being 100%, 100% honest, it's probably G2 Fanatic Origin. And then I'm like, it's a toss up between Rogue and Mad Lions and just mm. literally who's ever most consistent when it comes down to the wire. I would, I prefer Mad Lions coaching staff in terms of how they've shown that they have prepared yeah. and you know, I don't have a hundred percent like visibility of that. So that could just be like a total bullshit statement, but I'll say it. I think that Mad Lions coaching staff that I've had more like access to or visibility of, I'm like, yep. okay, if it's like a long-term goal, probably when push comes to shove, I'm like Mad Lions, that's who my bet will go to. Yeah, for sure. But I think that Rogue's play style is more consistent than Mad Lions play style. So it's like play style versus preparation. Yeah. Yeah. Rogue are another one of those teams where I kind of, I think that they fit slightly into the OG bucket of that, like, you know, that it's obviously a very consistent way to play the game, but it's not always the most flashy. But Um, they just don't have the same individual pieces that Origin do. So, you know, it's harder to excel to the same degree, which is why when we saw Origin versus Rogue, they were like, this is easy. Cruise control, drive over them. Yeah. Anyway, we've got three teams left. And these are quick hits. And if you guys want to hear more about your teams, we'll be talking more about the teams on the broadcast this week, as well as, uh, you know, over the course of the weeks to come as we see what they've got to show us. These are kind of just some initial impressions and who we think is who is who's in the running for worlds. The thing on everyone's mind, you know, three months from now, if it is going to happen with the, the COVID, whatnot, whatnot. Anyway, we'll get there when we get there. Who knows? Um, anyway, let's assume we're going forward full steam ahead. The last three teams, which it looks like we share in the. We called it the wild card bucket. Vitality, SK, and Excel. I think what we do is you give me your one-minute elevator 
speech on this team and your thoughts and then i'll do a team and then you do a team okay so you can pick vitality sk or excel what do you want to say i'll go vitality all right what you got for us so positives we've seen a lot more press from vitality duke their coach has been a lot more vocal which they were totally afk last split Mm -hmm. so things Mm -hmm. maybe internally aren't as on fire as it looked from the outside um ender brought up a really good point though because i was looking at ng their uh, new jungler coming in to try to see like where he compared to some of the LEC junglers. And Ender was bringing up like, you know, in 2020, when you had all of those incredible rookies coming in, you can only take so much talent from the ERLs before you need like a rest period, like the cool down. Mm-hmm. And so you can't expect that now for summer that the same caliber of talent or the same amount of talent is now going to be carried over into LEC. So it feels like we're kind of on a cool down period. And that's not to say that NG you know, didn't spark anything. Like I watched him, I was like, okay, he's he's decent. But I didn't see the same thing that I did when I saw like self-made coming in. Like watching self-made in EU Masters, I immediately was like, oh, this guy is really good. There was a lot of hype around um, Shadow and Razor because you knew that they were also going to be talented. Watching NG, I'm like, okay, he's solid, yeah. but until he actually gets on the LEC, I'm not seeing the, the same thing. And that makes sense because we've kind of depleted the talent for how much we took out of it in the ERLs. And you need to have like that rest period of players to get older, to get more experience and to kind of mature up a little bit. Yeah, I, I, I agree. It feels like it hasn't been the flashes. We'll have to see. Vitality got that false start last season. I think this is a team that it's hard to have any kind of expectations for. But Malitz is finally here. They've got Labrov, their new support, a full Greek bottom lane and NG. I'm excited. Uh, I'll take SK Gaming. SK Gaming. It was bad. It was really bad. Um, but I think a lot of the reason that we thought it was bad last season was because solo lanes were individually collapsing. Now, personally, I had a bit of faith in Gen X, but that faith was not rewarded in any way statistically. I think I just liked his one or two Aatrox games when he first joined the team, and I let that carry me through on loving this boy. And now he's a top laner, so he can play more Aatrox. So that brings me a lot of joy as well. Zazzy is now coming in as a mid laner. Their bot lane remains untouched. So on paper, if we consider this a solo lane upgrade, it is, I think, a step in the right direction for SK Gaming to do more. But they're doubling down on the trick experiment. And I don't know if that's because contracts, yeah. like the, the they signed a long-term contract. Like, I don't know the nature of his contract. But when I look at something like this where everything seemed to go wrong, because from the outside, SK looked like, we'll grab Trick, we'll surround him with a bunch of players that he can puppeteer if we have the mastermind of the jungle, and that is how we will win. But then their lanes got um, destroyed. And that didn't work because the keep trick, who I think is most obviously people are like, that probably didn't work there. I would expect them to see a jungle change. They run it back with trick. I'm like, there's probably a long-term contract there. And now they're making the best of what they have. Yeah. That's what I'd say. If this team was middle of the pack with the roster that they had, I think these roster moves make sense because they were bottom of the table and quite frankly, were generously donated a few of the wins that they got. Those games were super messy and not at all controlled. Um, I don't think this is enough. I do not believe in SK Gaming at this point. Would I be happy to be proven wrong? Yes, but the reason they're at the bottom, they're in the wild card bucket is because it's going to take some wild shit for them to get out of this bucket. It's not there for me. Maybe it comes true, though. Maybe these uh, solo laners don't completely collapse and Trick actually gets to play his experiment. Like maybe in scrims, that's what's actually happening. They get through the lane phase, then Trick gets to shot call. Yeah puppeteer the team we don't get to see scrims so like that if you're an sk fan that's what you're hoping for right here is that everything that comes through with the trick experiment is there last but not least um 
Kieran and I swear we're not just skipping over you and your team. Um, Excel, they've got new solo laners. No longer do we have their um, Korean solo lane experiment with... Um, Expect and Mickey. Expect and Mickey. We've now got uh, Chris and Chris, Chris, Chris uh, and Special. Special, of course, played a few games while we were waiting on the Mickey visa. And I do not know anything about Chris. I believe he comes from the Unicorns of Love. We'll see more from him in the future. But Frost, what's your, what's your take on new Excel? They're in the bottom bucket, which I think might surprise a lot of people as they're... They've shown so much. There's been so much to be hopeful for. Excel just kind of plateaued for me. And mm -hmm. maybe it just takes more time with Coach Youngbuck behind them, figuring out the system, organizing everything. You know, it's really hard depending on when you get involved with the team because you're not going to be making like massive structural changes in the middle of training for spring split because uh, you have to focus on trying to do your best for spring. And now you've funneled directly into summer. And maybe some of those... Like maybe you got more control and you integrated into a coaching staff better because everything about Excel is that they're like, you know, they got the facility and they're bringing in a new coach and it seems to be like more towards a traditional sports model. Um, but that's really hard to do when you're, you know, in spring and summer. That's something yeah. that you really want in your, your off season. So maybe this big extended break gave them hope and now they'll hit the ground running with um, special and their new top laner and it'll look good. But otherwise I'm like, time is not on your not on your side it's yeah. really rare to see a roster adjustment for from between spring and summer usually it's like you do the roster adjustment for spring you get all your practice your synergy issues out and then for summer it's about refinement and when yeah there's an extra ticket but there's so many strong teams and kind of kind of of that middle of the pack in the lec this isn't to say that i think that excel is like the worst team in the lec it's just unfortunate that if they were even going to grab that last ticket the context is that they're competing with Mad Lions and Rogue and then Misfits and then Shalkin. It's like, you, I don't you think you have a chance. Yeah, at a certain point, like even if you're like, I give you 50-50 odds against all these teams, but they have to play all those teams back to back, That that's not in your favor. You know and, what I mean? Like you can't get through all of those names. And I think like, I liked Expect. I think the Mickey experience was a mixed bag, but I thought Expect was one of the most solid players, um, kind of. I think he was like the most underrated top laner. Yeah, Expect was, I think, good. I think I actually put him on my all-pro vote. I thought he was really, really solid, and the synergy that he had with Cadrill was was pretty excellent. So it's going to take time for me to buy in this team. It's not out of their own possibility that they can do it, but I think there's good reason for them to to be in the bucket here. This is just like a ranking for, for summer. Like if this was a spring ranking, they probably wouldn't be in this bucket. I'd probably be a lot more positive about Excel. Yeah. But unfortunately, this isn't about refinement right now. They're trying to build synergy. Yeah, like everyone gets a free pass on any past judgments if they make big roster swaps coming into spring because everyone makes big roster swaps coming into spring. <laughs> you I dropped my phone. the new set. It's Dro fine. It's fine. Anyway, um... For more insight specifically onto the Mad Lions, one of our promising young teams rising up through the ranks, uh, we got some time to sit down and talk with Karzi. And as you already learned from Frost Russian spoilers, it's already happened, so why don't we we'll go to the interview and we'll come back with some Twitter questions after that. All right, now I'd like to welcome none other than Mad Lions, Karzi, to the show, our second 80 carry of the day. Karzi. It's very 80-carry-centric show right now. It's true. It's very 80-carry-centric league, I think, if we had to say. Um, Karzi, how's the uh, how's the quarantine been for you? Have you gotten to go home at all? Have you been just chilling in the, the I almost said Splice House, my God, the Mad Lions house this entire don't time? Don't do it, Derek. <laughs> Derek? Dracos? Don't call him Splice. Don't, don't do it, Derek. All right. <laughs> how's it been, Karzi? Tell us, tell us about life. How's it going, man? Well, so, quarantine for me wasn't that bad, personally. I was even able to go home, so I chilled out quite a bit. While I was quarantined in Berlin, it it was just like every usual day. I just played League for the entire day, so nothing changed. And once I went home, I was quarantined for two weeks, and then I was just chilling around with friends and with my girlfriend, so 
it was nice. That's like the classic League of Legends player. I feel like every <laughs> pro, pro player in Massa, like, so how is uh, the quarantine situation? They're like, it's just a normal Tuesday for me. Like, I'm chilling inside playing video games. What I'm, do you want from me? I'm not joking. Vettius has not changed his schedule at all. Karzi, I live with Vettius. I walked into his room the other day. It was covered with, this is not an exaggeration, oh, no. like 25 pizza boxes. I had to take the recycling <laughs> out the other day. It was like the walk of shame. People in the street were staring at me like, what is wrong with that woman? Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I just had to get that one off uh, my yeah, chest. Yeah, I, was, I was, don't know if Vettius is going to be happy about the you sharing his walk of shame, but it became your walk of shame, so I think it's fair. Yeah, so now he has to share it with Euphoria. But, <laughs> the real question. The real though. question. Here, but anyway, we're not just here to talk about Vettius's uh, What room. do you like on your pizza? No. Um, <laughs> Karzi, uh... We're actually, you don't know this yet, but we're going to reveal this to you a little bit early. There's going to be a discussion on our broadcast that kind of the most stacked role in Europe feels like it's actually the bot lane, specifically the 80 carries. Like it used to be all about the European mid laners when you had like all those grades going around. Now it's like we have maybe like five really good mid laners and then there's like a giant gap. Whereas like when you look at bot lanes, every single bot lane you hit seems to be really talented, especially with Kabe also coming back to Misfits. And part of that is because of the rise of you. Like, you were hyped coming into the league, and then you just absolutely smashed expectations and then showed up huge on your Ezreal best of five against G2. And I know that you said earlier that your goals were like, I want to be a top three ADC by the end of summer, but it almost feels like you're in that conversation for spring. Do you align with this, or are you like, nah, there's still, there's still more to go? There is definitely still more to go. Well, I actually don't think botlane is that stuck, to be honest. Why? It's I just mean, like it's too easy? I No, but... <laughs> Kobe came, but I mean, his support... There are two players on botlane, right? What do you mean, like, AD carry only? No, I think, I think, yeah, let's talk a little bit about this. Like, I don't want you to just, like... If you want to hard flame people, please hard flame if people. If you want to hard but, flame yeah. all the supports like, of Europe. Let's, let's say why from our side, we think it's pretty stacked, right? Like, I think you're right to say that supports definitely a weaker talent Struggling board. role. Struggling role. I think the three best supports are Kaiser, Mickey X, and Hillisang, no doubt. Yeah. Um, yeah. But AD carries do seem really stacked. You know, you've got Hansama, you've got Kabe, you've got... Upset. Upset. Perks. You've got Perks. Karzi, got Karzi. Reckless. I mean, Reckless. Even Crownshot on SK, despite that roster being The best player rough, on that yeah, roster. Yeah, it's still quite good. Mixed feelings on comp, but it feels like not quite 10 for 10, but we're pretty close on 80 carries. So do you like? Do you think, if supports aren't a part of the picture, do you think that the 80 carry pool is at least really stacked in Europe? Mm, yeah, I can agree with that. There is a lot of potential on almost every roster. Actually, Patrick. You, you, oh, we forgot Patrick. Oh, Patrick. Patrick is also good. Sorry, I'm so sorry to Patrick. Patrick is good. We're not trying to flame. Good job, Garza. You just saved us. We would have gotten an entire Reddit thread on how dare they forget about Patrick. Hello, this is Pat. No. So if you don't think it's the, the bot lanes, because like you're alluding to, bot lane is two players and the support pool is struggling. Do you think that it's still mid laners in Europe? Do you think it's junglers? It, it, it's surely not top laners. Well, there are three good mid laners in Europe. Did you just kill all the, the mid laners? <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you blasted all the all supports right. and you're like, there's only three good mid laners. <laughs> yeah, I guess Karzi, who do you like, what role is the most stacked? And how many people okay, in that it's role? Carry. It's eighty okay, carries. How you. many good eighty <laughs> carries are there? Because I can think, I can think eight. I can generously get to nine, maybe. But how many really good eighty carries do you think that there are in Europe? Is it five? Is it six? A really good eighty carries. Four or five? 
Do you count yourself amongst those four or five? Yeah. Yes. Hell yeah, that's good, good to hear, Carsey. I like that confidence. So who's when you're when you're rocking up into land, you're loading up. Who's like the four or the other three that you're afraid of? Like who is the most challenging or the most fearful that you face? Mm, for me, it was always most challenging to play against Reckless and Hillison. What about Reckless and Hilly? Like, what does it feel like laning against them? Mm, they're quite smart about the game, and they are. They have a uh, really good synergy. Also, I don't know, but whenever I'm playing against them, I get cheesed or I get really behind, or I don't. Even if I'm ahead, I just die. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. It feels like nine, like seven times out of ten. Hillisang is going to make the normal play and you're like, that's fine. The other three times out of 10, he's going to flash on you for what appears to be no reason. Well, here's the thing. It feels like every time Reckless and Hilly rock up into the lane, they're like, this is how this matchup goes. And if we burn his flash, everything is over for him. <laughs> so Hilly's goal is like, I'm going to burn his flash. I'm going to burn his flash no matter what. And then they punish you every time. And sometimes you're going to get 400 gold donated to you because Hillisang's just wrong and there's no jungler <laughs> there to support him. And sometimes you're dead and the game is over. And that's 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 horrifying, dude. That's terrifying. But... What? And Hillisang is flipping it so much, you, you don't know when he's flipping and when he's not. That's true. It's, it's, it's a master plan, Karzi. But um, while you were taking shots at all the supports, you happen to lane with one of the best supports in league, um, Kaiser. Do you... Oh, okay, here's the thing. So we just had a story meet. Before every single split, all the uh, broadcasts get in the room and we're just like, what, what, is the, what is the key narrative? What legacy king dynasty can we just run into the ground as hard as possible? Mm -hmm. They're gonna be really happy that you described it that way. <laughs> you're, you're welcome, Reddit. And uh, one of the big, I'm gonna say arguments, discussions, passionate conversations that we had was about how good Kaiser is and how much we wanted to hype him up. There was actually a discussion, Karzi, between like, is Karzi our hero of Mad Lions or is it Kaiser? And all the analysts were like, Kaiser is doing so much for this team, but everyone's like, but Karzi's such a good story and he's also really talented. So if you're the deciding vote, because we were basically split down the middle, are you the hero of Mad Lions or is it Kaiser? So... <laughs> So basically, we've been memeing each other for the entire split, uh, last split, because I don't know, like Reddit was saying so much stuff and it was so random, you know, they don't know what we are doing inside the team. But I mean, this team couldn't work without me or Kaiser, to be honest. So I think we are both the heroes. Both the heroes. Dude, I love that. Thank you. Thank you. I like how you won... Karzi, Frost did you dirty because she set you up. You had to screw somebody over. You either had to sit, fall on the sword yourself and and take and give Kaiser Wait, the praise. You could tell a lot about a player who does it when he has like all of the options. It's like, what kind of player is Karzi going to be? Is yeah. he going to be that guy that like throws himself on the blade or will he just like meme his support into the dust? And he's like, everyone's wholesome here. That's good because I mean, in first split, we did an interview with you and you were like, I'm going to be rookie of the split. <laughs> <laughs> we did Kaiser kind of was like, I'm a support. I'm not winning anything. I play probably Pike. probably Karzi's gonna win rookie at the split. Um that's I mean, so now I guess looking at the team, the bot lane is is super key. We're coming into kind of a weird meta, I think. I hate Varus yeah. so much. He's gonna be banned every game. Please I tell hope me he's so. banned Lethality every game. Varus is so friggin' obnoxious. Um is Varus. <laughs> How are you guys feeling? That's like cause that's the big thing, is that when I think about um, Mickey Hillisang and Karzi, like, or not Karzi, Kaiser, like the big things that I love about them are when they play champions who can engage and it feels like with the karma crap that we're seeing, the amount of Yumi that we're seeing, the Lulu, some of the other stuff that we've heard is kind of popping around in scrims. Is that going to hurt you guys a lot as a bottom lane that you don't have these big playmakers, these big um, 
you know, crazy pre-nerf Aphelios champions to use. Or are you guys locking in Callista every single game and just throwing Kaiser in the middle of it? I mean, you can play aggressive even when you play Enchantress. You just have to flip it a bit, and then it works almost as engage. So there will be a lot of flipping in this split, I think. Mm, we'll see, we'll see. <laughs> I mean, like Karma, Lulu, those are champions that trade a lot, right? So you can force enemy team to go in and then just outplay them by playing limits all the time. Will we get to see uh, some bard action? Maybe. Who knows? If I allow him to play him. Maybe. <laughs> I, I love this. We give you the opportunity, you're like, we're both heroes. But then when it comes down to the who's in charge of the bot lane, it's clearly Karzy. If I allow him to play bard, maybe he'll get a chance. Um, Karzy, you guys have a pretty tough start to the split. You're opening up with G2. Uh, kind of closing thoughts here. I want to just see... Start. That that seems like that would actually be the really easy start for Mad oh, That's true. Probably the best time to play G2 is before they're taking it serious for playoffs and Worlds. Maybe it's a tough start. It looks on paper like, like it's going to be a pretty intense first week. It's the first time you guys are playing three games in a week, um, in a regular week, that is. How How is the team doing? Is this Are we going to see peak performance Mad Lions from week one, or are you guys going to need a little bit more time to ramp up? Hmm... I don't think we're going to see peak performance from week one. I don't think any team is going to be on their peak week one already. Well, against G2, it will be a lot of fun. The next two games will be also a lot of fun. But I'm really looking forward to play G2 because I'm forcing Marek, a humanoid, to play more Dekaiser for the memes. So we'll see. All right, last, actual, last, actual last question. How many times will humanoid die in the mid lane? You guess. Well... On Mordekaiser. Oh, on Mordekaiser? On Mordekaiser? When he plays Mordekaiser, how many times will he die? I can even say how many times he's going to die in those three games. How many? Just give just give us a guess. Just give us a guess. And if, if you're right, we'll, we'll make up a prize. I don't know. You'll get the... This is okay, okay. If he plays Mordekaiser, it will be like eight deaths. <laughs> the actual answer is how many times does he press R? No, no. <laughs> Okay, thank Carson. If you play something emo, <laughs> if you play something immobile, it might be even tender. So, oh, no. poor humanoid. There it is. He's like, there's only three good mid laners, and my mid laners one. I'm of just, them. I'm glad you're pointing to the humanoid dies on immobile champions meme. It's my favorite. Um, <laughs> So thank you again, Karzy, so much. Uh, it's good to hear how confident you are moving into the split. I'm really excited to see what the heroes of Mad Lions do, the Karzy Kaiser bot lane. Um, so yeah, so thanks again for taking the time to talk to us and good luck in week one, man. Thank you. All right, welcome back. Uh, of course, thanks again for Karzy to taking the time. The heroes of, of the <laughs> Mad Lions. Uh, love the confidence coming in from him. But you took to Twitter. You shared your questions uh, after we asked you to. And there was a lot of good stuff there. So we thought we'd take the time to answer a few of them. Our first one from Chris James at Signet. Uh, after an entire season, what do you think of all the new Season 10 Summoner's Rift changes? Are the Alcos being elected? Are the new Per Dragon changes plus new changes for Summer highly impactful? Will Senna, Felios? There's a lot here. Chris, There's I'm not going to lie. We'll talk um, a bit how we feel about the Rift and a bit how we feel about the meta and give you some insight there. But thank you for your question, Chris. Um, yeah, Frost. I don't think Alcoves matter. <laughs> I think Alcoves are such a gimmick. Do you, like, I, I? we see one or two cool plays around them. I don't, I've played a, 
a decent amount of bot lane this season. I haven't been as grindy in solo queue as I was at the end of last year. So maybe I'm off here, but alcoves have not felt that impactful in pro. But even, yeah, I was going to say, you don't have to take your own solo queue experience. Just think about like how many pro games we've cast and how many times you've cast an intense moment that had anything to do with an alcove. It's literally when top laners get ganked and they walk around in circles in the alcove. And you're like, help baby, me, this time me. he escapes. And like, that's cool. Like that, that's enough hype moments maybe to justify it. But it like, they don't feel significant. Maybe a top winner would be like, I say I survived so many ganks because of these alcoves. But from an outside perspective, I just feel like, meh. Maybe uh, Bard would probably see an uptick True. in play and he, he will did. have He's, fun. He got nerfed repeatedly. Yeah. Screw you, Riot Games. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't have super strong opinions on anything like that just because I'm not, I don't specialize in like micro mechanical interactions and i think that that would be a discussion for like top laners about like with an alcove in a trade pattern do you think that this or as yeah. a jungler when you're pathing through like and you need a proper angle on a gank does this alcove like that would be the only situation i'd see it so let's let's then turn to, to dragons i think that's something that we can like look at a little bit more um i think the biggest dragon change that i've noticed at least is that it just feels like elder feels more impactful and at least especially when you watch eu masters like the four dragons into soul into elder win condition is just an easy way to force a game win and to force action if your team isn't as good at like i don't know like diving towers or really accelerating a gold lead it's kind of like a get out of jail free card for teams that aren't super confident in their ability to execute cleanly so that feels actually like a pretty big difference to me yeah it, um as far as what i've seen in like the lpl um it seems to be empowering we talked about it a little bit earlier, these compositions with kind of like one to two item power spikes, like mm. the, the Renekton, Lee Sin, Syndra, um, Callista comps that like run around, yeah. <laughs> set support, and you just like, you get one, two items and then you, you rush for soul. So that way the Azir, I don't know, Azir, Caitlyn, whatever, scaling bullshit across from you yeah. doesn't get to just play for like stalled out. I stall you out. It takes this long for Baron to spawn. Then I get a chance at Baron. I stall two fights there. I can get the Baron and then I can turn around and win the game. Now I have five items and you're Renekton so you just die every team fight yeah. without doing anything. Yeah, I like. I actually like that. I think it's a really good point that it just like it does to a certain degree demand either some early game action to stop the enemy team from taking all these dragons or give teams that are more focused on early game more viable options into winning the game. Because Infernal Soul, you know, does balance out a lot of the scaling differences. So does Ocean. Now Cloud and mountain are a bit more situational and sometimes completely useless but for the most part yeah i think you're right this is one of the things though if that if your composition is pretty dependent on kind of like winning on that initial like if you're if you're a mid-game comp and you need to win off of like elder you need like a snowball to be successful if your dragons get interrupted at all if a dragon steal comes through uh, that can really mess you up mm -hmm. which is why I don't actually mind so much when I see like a scaling composition with like an Azir or an Azir with like a Lee Sin. Like normally you don't think that these champions really work together really well, but Lee Sin is so good at denying and stealing dragons that um, in the LPL, as I have kind of been watching, I'm like, there's actually like a viable strategy there that if you just pick a jungle pick just for like early game control and just to actually just snipe a Drake. Because if you, you get one that what adds like five, six, seven minutes to uh, to a timer where you get that much longer to farm out. Yeah. And you are always playing against the clock against the scaling compositions. Um, in regard to meta, we're going to have to see. But from everything that we've heard, it seems like it's almost exactly the same as to what you left from. Obviously, big picks have been nerfed. So Senna's significantly weaker than she once was. Ophelia is, is weaker. But from what we've seen in the LPL, still a very high priority pick. Set, uh, I have not seen at all. I don't think he's been playing it a lot in support. So the thing is, is yeah, that I went, not top lane. I went to the MSC, which is the mid season cup. And I checked the blind pick compositions and every single time 
Varys was played was because yep. he was blind picked. And there was only every bot lane was Varys Thresh, Varys Thresh, Varys Thresh, Kaisa Nautilus and LCK team. They lost that game. Varys Kench and Varys Thresh. So uh, yeah, Aphelios is a, a big boy, but only if Varus is banned. And you should expect to see Varus banned a lot. The consensus seems to be that he messes up everything. AD carries don't want to play against him. And that it's kind of like, if Varus is banned, then it kind of becomes a toss-up of Callista to Aphelios. I'd assume that we'd see Varus and Callista banned, and then Aphelios is priority pick. Yeah, I agree. Lethality, Varus is absolutely nasty. Um, do not nerf him, please, but please nerf Umbral Glaive. That item is dumb as hell and is causing uh, some problems for those bot lanes out there. Let's move on to our next question, though. Thank you again, uh, Signet Chris James, for asking that one. Um, Magic M4GIK at Capitan underscore JJ. World format is widely considered to be outdated. Uh, how would you fix it? If lo Is loser bracket an easy fix to enhance competition? I was wondering about some longer format mitigating on day disposition. Very wordy here, uh, Capitan, I like it. Was it ever considered to extend the format into BO3 or BO5 over for an example a week? So disclaimer, we don't, people will sometimes show us formats to get our feedback, but we don't really have a seat at the table in the old format discussion thing. That's mostly on our league ops teams. We can always ask them for you, but we can still share our opinions, uh, Capitan. Just, they're not going to be the most educated. They're just going to be our opinions as I think fans and pundits. So how do you feel about worlds, Frosco? Uh Is it as outdated as our friend Magic? Uh, to be my favorite tournament is msi um i don't wow. uh, yeah i really like champions is it tournaments. there's only one lpl team so the chances of us <laughs> losing to multiple is impossible no i just i only like watching the highest quality of gameplay mm. and i feel like unfortunately i'm trying to think of like you can see it go through my eyes like how do i say this play like how does it Anytime Frostgren pauses, it's not because she can't find her point. It's because the way she wants to say her point. I found it. I'm trying to go around it. Too many fiddlesticks is in it, and she's got to got to balance it out. I just, I think that uh, we're not always inviting the 16 strongest teams in the world mm -hmm. to worlds. Sure. Now I do like that. And that's the thing, that's from like the hyper competitive point of view. If I want to see the 16 best teams in the world, and you could say the same thing about MSI, you're probably not inviting the, only the best teams but it does limit that and you still i think you get the best of both worlds of like cross um regional competition while inviting just like the top tier teams to see like the best competition so from that point of view i'm like eh, i don't yeah. even really like worlds as a, as a tournament yeah just as a, as a note for anyone who wants to have these discussions about like what is good and what is bad format just remember that you always if you're trying to pitch a format there are two things to consider one is is it good for business which means you know viewership sponsors is it, good for is it good for all the teams that are playing who want to show their sponsors off and is it good for competitive is it the best possible competitive format and that's kind of what always makes making a format really tough um it's kind of trying to find the middle ground that hits both of those things really nicely because let's say in a in a theoretical world that we have a best of three double elimination losers bracket into best of five like the most hardcore competitive tournament format that you could mm -hmm. ever see think of how long that would take yeah. think of how demanding that is on the players think of how many extra days that add and then how much those days cost to run the broadcast how much those days cost on the players mental to be like not yeah. only am i preparing for this but i'm preparing for that also just remember like if you're listening to this podcast you're probably in the realm of a hardcore league fan because you're listening to extra content but there's a lot of people who want to show up and watch this like it's a super bowl game the super bowl is not a best of five right um and like 
I don't want our finals to be best of one. Like, God forbid. I love best of five. Thank God. I'd, I'd even consider best of seven, honestly, if World's Finals weren't so consistently three zeros anyway. Uh, bless up to the semifinals. Um, always the best part of Worlds, to be honest. Every time the talent assi assignments come out and someone sees that they're casting the semi, they're like, yes. yes. <laughs> I got my semifinal, baby. G2's going to Paris. Uh, it's like, you don't get on a semi, but you get the final. You're like... It still it, feels good, but it hurts. Is there, but I am not excited to watch whatever team gets three would One day we'll get a good final. <laughs> but yeah, but the point is, is like, is like, um, we can't. You don't want to overload on that because as much as if you're a diehard fan right now, you're like, are you kidding me? I can watch two best back to back best of threes followed by next day double best of five, double limb into like best of seven finals. That sounds great. Joe Schmo, who is a lot of reviewers, are just like chilling. They just want to watch some dope League of Legends. You know, they can like they'll watch a best of five because it's this hype. It's the World Finals, but they're not going to watch five best of fives to get there. They're like, well, yeah, I can't. I can't do that, man. I got work. I got other things. You know, I got other hobbies. So I think that, that it's really tough to find that balancing act. I'm a fan of changing the bracket stage in some way. I actually like double round robin groups. I think that's always better. Group really. stage is the best. Group stage is really cool. It always leads to cool stories. The week two turnarounds, so you see from Fnatic. The fact that RNG got eliminated groups, people are gonna be sad about that. But that's cool. That's that's cool. Those games were worth watching because there was so much on the line. The problem is, I think, as we said, semifinals always dope. World finals always feel like probably the third best team versus the best team outside of when, when you in europe goes when it's clearly the best team versus the second yeah, best it team. was definitely the third best <laughs> <laughs> uh but so maybe something there maybe it is double elimination maybe it is uh expanding it i don't know i'm a very big fan of our lec format i think we're very fortunate to have a really cool playoff format maybe there can be some learnings from that but as mentioned not uh not our choice on that one capitan that said thank you for your question anyway it's just those two twitter questions today but please feel free to keep sending them in in the future love to get these questions there are a lot of people asking about teams and i hope we hit a lot of the things that you guys asked about we asked a lot of the questions that you guys suggested to to Kabe or karzi so thanks again for participating um thank you frost for coming back this has been great i i I will stand up for you in those threads. No, don't even go in there. I will burn. I will just It'll be we'll a cluster. burn it down. <laughs> just burn it all down. We'll burn it all down. And we'll start again next week. Euphoria six, uh, season six, episode one is what this has been. Wow. Wow. I'm getting a lot of mouth pain all of a sudden. It's making it very difficult to speak. My wisdom teeth will be healed by next week. So everything will be back to normal. Hope you like our new studio. Let us know what you think. Um, and thanks so much. For listening we're glad to be back lec friday saturday sunday that's three days of league of legends content we've got incredibly dope matches me and frost we're on the analyst desk all day all day sunday together we're also casting g2 versus mad lions to open the thing so if you're a fan of draco's frost tune in there's so much more of it to come and match of the week is origin versus g2 on saturday Woo! that's for you dirk all right see you later this has been season six episode one